Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Authentic Conversations with Lulu Podcast, and I'm your host, Lucy Raduzuizo. I would like to first apologize for not uploading an episode on Tuesday this week. Um, things got a little hectic, and I forgot that it was Tuesday. However, um, for those that know, on Monday it was International Mother Tongue Day, and I am you know, actively advocating for literacy and I'm actively advocating for multilingual education. Um, just it has not happened on this podcast before. However, um, in today's podcast, I will be um, putting through a conversation that I had with Rebecca Pala and Dr. Moffat Sebola on the preservation of our mother tongues and how we can try and actively bring that into our daily lives. So um, please note that Rebecca Pala was the host on Energy FM and Choice FM. So she will be leading the conversation and Dr. Moffat and myself were her guests. So I am attaching the podcast from that conversation. Please do enjoy. Conversations with Rebecca Pala. The time is three minutes past eight. This is Conversations on Energy FM 102.1 and Choice FM 101.1. So just on Monday, the world was observing and to some extent celebrating International Mother Language Day. According to a researcher with Rhodes University, who has also done research, research shows that overwhelmingly mother tongues are the most ideal tools for early child education. In a variety of uh, countries such as ours, South Africa, Ethiopia, Papua New Guinea, studies indicate that the mother tongue medium is the best for early school education. And uh, the researcher further goes on to say that this is particularly true in sub-Saharan Africa, where research has gone on to show that early education based on a child's mother tongue gives them a head start in their literacy as well as language learning. However, we can all agree as South Africans that we tend to have a bit of a challenge, especially because of the disparities that exist in our education sector, wherein those who go to Mahobate Primary School in Ramamabolo and those who will go to a different school, one that is often considered to be Model C in an urban area, in terms of proficiency, especially of the medium of instruction, which is English, there are a lot of disparities there. And we often are told that English, for example, is the language of business, one that if one wishes to venture into you know, workplaces, but also if you want to even get into business, that's the language that's used at the bank. It's the language that's used for transactions um, in the store. Everything largely is done in, in English, even though there are options to do that in our languages. But just how many people are using that and what does that mean? But also we often hear of the reality of a threat that's posed to the challenge that could possibly emanate with regards to our indigenous languages to say they could possibly face extinction because we are embracing the language of other people, the, the, the Queen's language, for example, more than we do every other person's language. So tonight on the burning issue, we want to have a discussion about how to preserve indigenous languages 
but equally embrace the medium of instruction. To have this discussion, I'm joined on the line by a language activist, somebody who really is also very passionate about literacy. That is Lucy Raruzuizo. Good evening. Welcome. Good evening, Becca. Thank you so much for having me. We're also joined by Dr. Moffat Sabola, who has done a PhD in African languages. Dr. Sabola, good evening. Welcome. Good evening, Rebecca. Thanks very much for the both of you joining in this discussion tonight. Lucy, in fact, the issue of International Mother Tongue Day, before it even came about, you had already reached out to say, look, I'm concerned. We're moving with the times. The fourth industrial revolution is here, but it looks like we're leaving a part of ourselves behind in that mm-hmm. we seem to be disregarding our mother tongues particularly. So what have you observed? What seems to be the reality on the ground? Look, the reality on the ground is that um, I think maybe our generation was the last to actually have, you know, the privilege to be somewhat compelled to study um, our mother tongue because today's generation does not have that that thing. They have the option to not have to study their mother tongue. And the truth is that even at home, we do not communicate, you know, in our mother tongue with these children. Right now, we are just comfortable with, um, this child, as you have said about research, that um, they learn better in their mother tongue. However, because we are exposed to civilization, we take our children to crashes in, you know, the urban areas and whatnot. Our children don't get to learn their mother tongue. And as a result, um, our mother tongues are suffering and, as you say, are facing, you know, the reality of extinction. And we are not really aware of this. I think as as African people, we are just comfortable with the fact that we are mastering the language that is necessary to give us platforms. Um, And we cannot deny that English does give us platforms that um, we may not necessarily get with our mother tongues. However, for comprehension and for excellent communication, we do need our mother tongue. So the reality on the ground is that um, the emerging generations are not fluent and they are not comprehending their mother tongues as they should and that is such a risk for the future. Mm. Uh, Dr. Sobola, let me bring you into the conversation. You know, often when, uh, because we communicate with a lot of people with the work that we do, sometimes I'll call a person and I'll be like, good afternoon, right? And the immediate response is, Tobela, Kwenamang, right? And 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 then you have to switch because then it means that there will be a bit of a problem in terms of understanding and you may not be able to then get your point across. But I often, at least, and it could very well just be my observation, I often find that those who really still hold close to heart the importance of indigenous languages take offense when a fellow Mm -hmm. African immediately resorts to communicating in English before they can Mm -hmm. communicate in their own language. So perhaps to give us context, because you've, you've done a lot of research in terms of indigenous languages, has it gotten to a point where the reality is so scary that we could be losing out on our indigenous languages that perhaps I should understand why people are so offended if the immediate communication I use is English as opposed to an African language, for example. No, indeed, there are are quite a lot of historical factors that contribute to such a situation. Particularly in South Africa, you'd you'd remember that the issue of language 
is quite uh, associated with colonialism. And bearing that in mind, you would remember that even in 1976, um, a linguistic issue automatically became a political issue. Um, and that, 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 that has had a significant impact in as far as both indigenous languages and what, they, what is classified as foreign languages um, are being perceived today. So when you speak to me in English and I respond to you in, let's say, Chivenda, it might as well be a political stance for me because I'm thinking by so doing, you are actually siding with the colonizer, so to, to examine But it could also be the issue of I am inarticulate in the language with which you treated me. So when I respond to you in my mother tongue, it is probably a hint that, you know, please address me in my mother tongue if you can. Or it is really that attitude that, you know what, I'm not going to entertain someone who speaks to me in this particular language. That's when it becomes an issue of protest. So considering those factors, particularly political factors that influenced how we react to language itself or the disparities we are referring to earlier on, um, I would say of indigenous languages is a such a sensitive issue because when we look at our languages, you have to consider the fact that languages are an embodiment of culture as well as identity. Mm-hmm. So if I lose, let's say, my indigenous language, there is a possibility, a high possibility that I'm likely to also be inarticulate in my indigenous identity as well as my culture. Mm-hmm. So in an effort to protect that culture, to protect that identity, which for some people also include reasserting that identity after years and years of colonialism and apartheid in South Africa. That means I have to be intentional about um, defending that if I have to defend that, or at least helping others be informed about the value of their languages. So historically speaking, there are many, many factors that have to be considered when we speak about indigenous languages. But we also have to look at the fact that even in our academic spheres, where I'm particularly, there is a parity between, let's say, the English language and other indigenous languages in South Africa. Mm. Uh, just to cut it short, you know, in my institution, we find that we have at least three indigenous languages that are used as media of teaching and learning. And yet you find the very speakers of these languages not so keen on learning in that in, in such languages. They prefer the English language. And there are a lot of reasons as you mentioned that you know the language can be used as a commercial yeah. uh, and so forth. So there are still a lot of issues that are associated with our indigenous languages, most of which are even intellectual. And that is why the likes of Yongudi was Yongo speak of decolonizing the mind. Mm. This major issue of contention is that let's restore the integrity of our languages. So I believe that as we continue engaging here, a lot of those things will be will be unpaid. Gotcha. Lucy, you know, I don't, I think that the reality has since changed now. When I was in grade two and mm-hmm. one and I think three, mm-hmm. because I think now what they do there is they teach everything in mother tongue and then it changes as you move to your grade fours going upwards. 
We, we were very unfortunate because we would only have Sebedi and then everything else was taught in English. And I think that perhaps that has created a huge problem. But I understand that now it's completely different mathematics. And, and, and people then get to be, well, these young ones get to be taught in that way. Um, but, but I want us to then talk about transitioning then to introducing a second language to say, from the knowledge that you have, is it seamless to then transition? Uh, because I spoke earlier about the sense of reluctance that I'm getting from people who, as and when you talk to them, and perhaps sometimes they don't even speak Sibedi, uh, but I immediately use English because I'm thinking that's probably the one language that's quite common. And they are quite upset to say, but why would you speak to me in English? You think you're better and all of these other things. It, yeah. it, it, it talks to issues of reluctance to somewhat have a, a flexible approach in terms of maneuvering around the languages. So from a perspective of the little ones, when they transition to Grade 12, for example, where then Sipedi becomes a language, but every other subject is taught in English. Do you find that it's seamless? It's not that seamless because, you know, as you're saying that in your early childhood development grades, um, mm. we are taught mainly in our mother tongue. Yeah. Um, Sipedi uh, speaking people will be taught in Sipedi, vendor speaking people will be taught in Tenda it becomes difficult to comprehend the second language. However, comprehension of the second language is at a... You spend a better chance to comprehend a second language when you are fluent in your mother tongue. So in terms of um, moving smoothly to um, learning and being examined in a second language, it has proven to be difficult um, through research. Um, If you can just check on multilingual education and literacy. It's quite difficult, um, or in comparison to English, uh, mother tongue English speakers, as, as well as um, English first additional language speakers. It is difficult, and our results, particularly metric results, differ. And I think if we were to introduce multilingual literacy and multilingual learning in the classroom, it would help the mother tongue speaker who is not an English mother tongue speaker to be able to comprehend in their mother tongue and, and at the same time learn the Queen's language, which would then just give us a better chance at ending, you know, or competing with English first language speakers because it is not a seamless thing from learning in one language to now having Sipedi as a subject and no longer as mm, your mm. Uh, medium of instruction. And as you say, that there is sometimes re- reluctance. I think people tend to have that reluctance because they feel, um, why do you assume that I can speak English? Gotcha. However, we assume it because it has been a, or rather it is a systematic standard that English is a medium of instruction. And that is the truth because it's not just a South African issue, it's an international issue. You would not get an opportunity to speak in Ghana as a conversationalist and speaker um, if you do not know English because you probably do not know other African languages. Mm, I think the issue is is quite intense, but it's there, it's a reality. And Dr. Sabola, the reality that Lucy just uh, considered to to say it's not easy 
to transition, even if at kindergarten going to foundational phases, the little ones are taught in their mother tongue to then transition to to having double languages and in some instances three languages and more. Is it supposed to be, is it a problem that that is the reality or it should be normalized and then we should all just collectively work towards making it work? Dr. Sabula? Dr. Sabula, are you still there? Yes, I'm here. I'm here. Are you able to hear me? Yeah, I can. Were you able to hear? Yes. Yes, I heard you. I heard you. Okay. I was saying, I was saying that the problem does not necessarily begin at school. Mm. Um, I think home also has an effect, particularly in in the present day context. Mm. Um, someone like me who is married to a lady who speaks, let's say, his baby, and I speak Chizenda, how we are going to interact? Doctor Sabula. Yes, I am here. Yes, you were just giving the example of marrying somebody who speaks a different language. Oh, Go yes, ahead. Yeah. Yes, yes, where we both, I mean, let's say the parents do not And now we have this to be spoken to by the parents. So we have to come to a place where we decide whether we shall English in neutral language or we speak to a child in both languages. So if then, if I were to agree with my my fellow speaker, that is um, Mrs. Rarity, I'd say at least that sets up a child for a multilingual context. Mm. But then, but then, by the time the child gets to school and they've never been exposed to bilingualism or multilingualism, I think that's where it becomes a problem. And mm. with that in mind, I think I don't even know if I can call it cognitive dissonance that happens to our kids simply because they've never been exposed to it where you have to learn to transition from one language to another. But for other kids, you might find that they are exposed, let's say, to Africans, and they learn that language from the foundational phase until tertiary level, to a point where even the academic circles, you find that there are even academic journals where people submit their journal articles in that mother tongue. And so this person has been prepared from home through the foundation phase, the secondary school phase, and and so forth in their mother tongue, and they have no obligation whatsoever to learn any other language except that language uh, that they, they raised in. So I would, I, would, I would be inclined really to, to encourage multilingualism, but a lot of factors also have to be considered in, in, in that regard. Mm. So we find with our students, particularly for students, struggling even with, with, with both English and mother tongue because of this issue or because of this transition. So I would say then we have to move back to the drawing board and find ways on how we can really work with our kids from as early as And I have a concern, and I'm sure we'll talk about it as soon as we come back from the break, because then we'll talk about drawing that balance of embracing the medium of instruction, but also not disregarding Mm. one's indigenous language. The issue of spoken language as well as appropriate language. You know, for instance, with the medium that we're talking on now, you Mm. can't just speak, right? You have to say things that are appropriate. Mm. And I, I imagine there's a bit of a concern there, and it just as I ask this, I start to acknowledge how complex of an issue this is. Well, I'm in conversation with Lucy Raluzizo. She is a literacy and language activist. And we're also talking to Dr. Moffat Sibula. The doctor has a PhD in African languages. We're talking about the preservation of our 
languages as well as the embracing of uh, the medium of instruction which for a lot of people means different things it can be english for a lot of us especially here in the global south that's the case but you have those who use french as their medium of instruction amongst other languages what are your thoughts what do you think should be done to draw this uh, line if there should be any line drawn to to arrive at a balance or perhaps it should just be each to their own if one does not feel like embracing english they should go ahead and do exactly that what do you think join us in this conversation our whatsapp text line is 0792951212 0792951212 or you can send a voice note to 0607715107 0607715107 or you can give us a call as we continue with this conversation after the break. Conversations Mondays to Thursdays 7 to 9 p.m. with Rebecca Pala. The time is 23 minutes past 8. This is Conversations on Energy FM 102.1 and Choice FM 101.1. On the burning issue tonight we're asking how do we preserve indigenous languages and equally embrace the medium of instruction you're more than welcome to share your views with us our whatsapp text line is 0792951212 the voice note line is 0607715107 and you can give us a call have your say call us now on 0151511058 I'm in conversation with uh, language and literacy activist Lucy Radudzizo as well as uh, Dr. Moffat Sabula who has a PhD in African languages. Now, Lucy before we went to the break I was just talking about how complex it seems this question because language on its own tends out to have a multiplicity of factors inclusive of you know like for instance the doctor is probably most certainly is proficient in academic language but you also have spoken language and and, mm-hmm. and many other things along those lines but how do we preserve how essentially how do we draw a balance lucy preservation of indigenous languages without disregarding the medium of instruction i think we just need to be more intentional about it you know how when you and i speak all the time but we are not we never speak uh, in society yet we are both very speaking people mm. so i think part of it is just being intentional about speaking our mother tongue and i think also as coming from south africa which is so rich uh, in language we need to just be intentional about learning each other's languages because that also makes it easier for us to communicate with one another in each other's languages without using english that we are already using in the professional sector in the literacy sector so if we are to just preserve the language and the culture for ourselves we should just be intentional um within our circles to just be speaking to baby when you are with baby speaking people and learn other languages so that when you are in kzn and you you can easily converse with the zulu speaking people in their language and you can easily switch to kosa so we must not just be you know ignorant on learning other languages i think learning other um african languages will help us to be able to preserve each other's languages within a country like south africa that is so rich with language and a continent like africa that is so rich in african languages so in order not to lose that completely we need to just be intentional about 
speaking to one another in those languages when we are in places that do not compel us to speak in English. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dr. Sabula, the, the role of popular culture, right? Where in the, the songs we're singing are in English. I'm sure Lucy and I, the bigger part of the language English that we think we know can be credited to music books. Remember back in the day, would have music books where you'd write lyrics and yeah. memorize yeah. them. And, and, and that's the role of popular culture. We learned a language because of that. What do we need to do, perhaps also as creators of content, myself and Lucy amongst others, but also as a people who consume popular culture on a daily, what do we need to also change regarding that so as not to just abandon our indigenous languages? Mm-hmm. I, think, I think that question is closely uh, linked to what I would call our indigenous knowledge system. Mm. Um, we used to have our traditional dances, which are not as well documented today because of like the migration to digitization. But the people who carry that cultural knowledge are still existing. They're still present. And if we were to begin by engaging those people who possess indigenous, undocumented indigenous knowledge, it will become easy to even acquire the songs that remain unrecorded today. And when those songs are actually found, when those dances are actually found, whatever um, knowledge that might be classified as indigenous, um, becoming translated into the digital space, you know, you have your YouTube today and so forth. If we are able to extract that knowledge and publish it in, in such platforms, I think it will become easy even for the modern-day generation that might not be, that might not be as well-versed in these things, to access them and realize that, you know, even in our indigenous cultures, you know, the so-called um, modern-day songs, whether it's hip-hop or whatever you might call it, uh, was once, you know, uh, expressed in my culture, although in a different mode, in a different medium, I think that would be a good springboard into ensuring that we, we preserve anything indigenous and that we even appreciate these things in the present-day context. Because I'm thinking, as I... Just uh, wrap it up. I'm thinking that if we can, we, we can, we can have, let's say, a hip hop artist, you know, incorporating a standing in a hip hop song. It's mm-hmm. possible that you can go to your steady culture, you can go to the Jivenda culture, Chitonga culture, and find ways to sort of interface the two cultural expressions and produce something beautiful, something worth celebrating, which can be done even in another tongue and not necessarily limited to English. Mm. I think that kind of field work or ethnography can help in, in drawing such such cultural expressions from the margins to the center. Got you. Well, yeah. yeah. Field work, you say, just, just such an academic doctor. Um, mm. Lucy, I, I want to talk about just on that very aspect of popular culture for in, for instance i think i can get by 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 speaking mm. chivenda because i would religiously watch mubango growing up right yeah, yeah. and mm. almost all of us can get by with isizulu because of yeah. the television that we would watch and and a lot of the other kinds of of mediums that we would consume inclusive of music there's a 
Kenyan media personality who does a lot of digital content creation. Her name is Adele Onyango, and she was talking recently about how it breaks her heart that she can't speak her language of Kiswahili because she went to what we in South Africa would call Model C schools, right? Yeah. And she says that she feels that she was denied the opportunity even though it was spoken in the home. And I did say earlier on, Doctor, I would have wanted us to draw the distinction between spoken language and what is appropriate. Because she says that it is her view that we have found it so easy to learn English, for example, because we understand English people's ways of doing things. Look at how we're having our weddings. Even if we're going to have Lobola celebrations, it's even small, it's rushed, but the white wedding is this huge event. And and that that is entirely not very African in terms of principles and culture. And she was saying, perhaps there is also the question of how language is taught to say, if you know a language and you know also issues of culture, the doctor and yourself spoke earlier about that to say you can't divorce the concept of language from traditions and cultures. Mm. Right now, if we're speaking in English, we can easily use phrases like you're making a mountain out of a molehill because we, yeah. you, you've made it a business of yours to want to understand mm. this language so well and just throw in phrases people who speak our languages the ones who we always watch and listen to in awe they just throw in phrases every once in a while and sometimes these phrases refer to our traditions and our cultural practices what is your view on that as well lucy it's absolutely true you're saying popular culture consumes us so much it consumes us so much and you know you mentioned something that um, I find very interesting and makes me realize why I also got to learn. I think almost every South African learns Zulu quite quickly, especially if you at any point find the opportunity to stay in the Houghton province and particularly when you use public transport because you can never get, you know, to the Houghton um, taxi ranks and get there and speak in your language. Mm, mm. They'll just tell you, Kulum is Zulu, and you you are forced and compelled to learn that. So I think, you know, as, as, as you say, that popular culture does consume us. But as I have said before, intentionality about learning it all um, is necessary. And as you say about the influenza who cannot speak Swahili, it is also frustrating because then she is not even able to express herself, you know, in her mother tongue. And this is because she was um, put in a place and I believe that her parents meant well when they sent her to these Model C schools because for them, they were placing her in a better place to compete, you know, internationally and just be relevant internationally. And now she is able to communicate thoroughly in, in English, but she's not able to say things, as you were saying, you know, proverbs and Id- idioms of her language. She will never get to understand that. She will never get to hear somebody ex- express themselves fully in her own mother tongue or in her own, you know, home language because she never got to learn it. So it's it's quite a complex issue. However, look, as Africans, we just need to be a little more intentional. I think for those that are activists, for those that are advocates, and for those that are in the right places, do plea with the education system to open up um, for our home languages a bit more, you know, mm. to have these activities, to have extramural activities in African languages, to have them on 
the national stage, you know, at a more broader perspective than just to have, you know, the mother tongue day and then there is a poetry or whatever art thing that's happening. And from there we forget about it. If there are people that are in the right seats, in the right offices, let us advocate in those places for the mother tongue to be used a little more, a little bit more openly because a lot of these languages, as you say, we learn through popular culture. Like I myself um, learned Chivenda through mm. Muvango, as yeah, you said. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. When I got married to my husband, it was a little easier for me to learn Chivenda thoroughly because I had learned it from TV. So exposing these languages also helps you know, in the Mm. country getting to learn, Mm. you know, the the African language culture. Got you. I'm going to quickly read some of the comments and then we'll wrap it up. I don't even know where the time has gone to so, so much that I'll still like for us to to unpack. Mapula Lorodi says it's so hard because schools have introduced it, but it's as though it's just an extra. We are kind of struggling with our grade three son because we get homework once in a blue moon and the focus is English as the first language. So the preservation becomes a real struggle because the medium of instruction is everywhere in their formal and informal learning. I wish we had better practical ways that we can explore this. Another one, it says, good evening. As a foreign national in this country, I've had many encounters whereby someone just walks to you and starts speaking his or her mother tongue. What intrigues me is when I state that I don't understand well that particular language, the person will altogether abandon what she or he was asking for and walks away. Is that because that person does not understand at all English or is it a pure lack of wanting to accommodate others as far as languages are concerned? This is from Melchior de Minani, who is listening from Florida Park. And we, we've run completely out of time, but I'm going to ask for your closing comments, really. I'll start with you, Dr. Sabula. Oh, yes. Um, I think I was just moved by the, the last comment. Mm. Um, that's when it also becomes a problem where I guess you use it even this. I also said I'm inclined more towards to Dr. Sabula. Dr. Sabula, your line is breaking. We, we're battling to hear what you're saying. Okay. Doctor? Yes, I hear you so clearly. I don't know what's the issue. Yes, no, no, it's fine. We can just go back. You were just talking about your being impressed with the comments. Yes, you may ta- take it from there. Yes, I was just saying that, no, this also becomes... Uh, no, that line is, is definitely doing you an injustice there, doctor. Perhaps as you, you try to move around and Lucia also give you a chance to close off, but here's a voice note. I'd like to use my language. Renesa ba baby, then Riavana na wang or Mosrechko, Arusavana about your diva or Amborahayan. Even though in different places or different countries they cannot use their languages, but when they learn the other language and the foreign language, they must remember the original language. And then, like, when we, we go to Houting, you can find one of the and then get Houting, but if Adnagas go up on the Peza, Buma, two, three, four, five years, one of them will be up and the Asamba Pure and on the accent, you know, change. So, in the reason, say to Rambo, Runa, Kuruam, by Rupes, Rusatova, 
in that way or formally so we need to encourage our kids to stick on speaking their language so that uh, our language will be uh, original the way it is because like now and this thing starts with us as a parent. That is the sentiment of the listener there with that voice note. Dr. Sabula is back and I understand the line is much, much better. Doctor, you were just making your point. Yes, yes. I was saying, um, I'm continuing the other, the other message on, or the other comment on um, someone saying that because a foreign national saying that they, they would feel excluded whenever they, they indicate that they don't understand any business lines that were used to communicate with them. And then, as we, I was saying around foreign language becomes even a, 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 a tool that is used to discriminate. And that is the point when we emphasize um, that people should promote, people should preserve indigenous languages. Now, the idea is that we should not glorify let's say, English at the expense of our indigenous languages. If anything, let us take pride in our indigenous languages and also explore other languages but not abandoning our own. So I would encourage them in my closing anybody that me, that I think it begins with us. We should take pride in our indigenous languages because within that language, you know, our identity is captured, our culture is captured. And for those who are academically inclined, let's conduct research, let's write books and let's write general articles to be involved in the creative. Let's produce music, let's produce even poems, whatever form of literature that we might produce in our indigenous languages, let's do so because this is the, one of the ways through which we can preserve these languages, we can document them. Mm-hmm. And I think we can also ensure that we keep speaking in our mother tongues, you know, in, in, our, in our various contexts. Yeah. Yes, we can learn other languages and so forth, but let the primary one be our indigenous language. Thank you so much. Thanks, Doctor. Lucy, your closing comments. My closing comments would just be let us be intentional about speaking this language when we can. You know, when you are with uh, your people that understand the same language, let's try that and let's be intentional about learning each other's languages. And by that, I do not just mean the 11 official languages in South Africa but also other African languages, which, which then brings us to, you know, the other message that was sent about foreign nationals not being, you know, given attention as they should receive it. So if we learn other African languages, it also makes it easier that when you feel you do not want to communicate in English, you are able to communicate with them in their home language. And I'm just saying it's not impossible. As long as you're able to comprehend, comprehend your mother tongue, you are able to comprehend other languages. It just needs a little bit more intentionality. That's all for me. And those that are in the right places, please try and get our mother tongue in the system of the curriculum in school. Even if it means hiring more people to do the work, let it be done so that we intentionally preserve our own languages. Well, thank you so, so much, Lucy Raruzizo, as well as Dr. Moffat Sibola, for your insights. Thank you so much. Thank you very much, Thank you for having us. Thank you.